welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Kitty Peters, the president of the nation's assembly incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Appreciate reading fellowship this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Well, whenever you come to church, always have in your heart to honor Jesus. Amen. I was since I have to go and tell some people to stand up before they stood up. And that is not how to act in the presence of God. Amen. All right. When you try you come to church, um, even if you are a pagan, amen. And you 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 know because if you go to a bank, you honor what they are doing in the bank. They queue up. You don't sit on the floor. You stand. Is that not so? If they say turn left, you turn left. If they say turn right, you turn right. And that's just the bank. How much more when you come into the presence of God? Amen. You come into the presence of God. You honor the presence of God. You honor the presence of God. Alright? Um, why did you come? Praise God. What did you come for? You're supposed to worship, serve. That's what you came for. Hallelujah. Receive God's word. Alright? And so if you will have someone close to you um, playing on their phones and all that, call them to order. Because we are all custodians to ensure that people honor Jesus around us. Amen. We are God's government. Amen. Alright, so if people are doing the wrong thing around us, we'll correct them. Hey, excuse me, listen to God's word. Amen. Praise God. Alright, so if anybody around you is not focused, I authorize you to correct them. Amen. Are you with me? Hey, hey, hey. I think you should listen to the word of God. Hallelujah. Because if you came here, you will do what we are doing here. Amen. Uh, we, 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 we're not bothered about what you do in your bedroom, what you do at home, what you do in your office. When you come here, I am the pastor here. Amen. It's my duty to bring everybody to the place of honor and reverence for Jesus. Amen. Are we together? Alright, so you come to church, put yourself together. Hear God's word. Focus. Help me tell someone, focus, focus. Even if you're hungry, focus, focus. Amen. Some of you come there, you put your hand like this and be looking. You the quarter with God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to Jesus. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited to be here this morning. Amen. And I believe everyone here is excited to be here. You, you'll be blessed. There are certain things I want to um, just talk about, you know. Uh, what I initially had in my heart for today's service was to actually have like a family meeting for us to have a question and answer question. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's what I actually wanted to do. You know, but um, I thought of the fact that the, um, how I would have wanted us to do it, like maybe as we were coming to the service, we would have had clips given to us. And then we'll be able to write out your questions. So we don't have to waste time um, allowing someone to say something. You could just write a question, then we pick the questions and answer them. So it is in that spirit that I am actually 
I'm having today's service. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'll tell you why. You know, um, I have children, and I know quite a number of you have children. And from time to time, our children, or you know, my children, ask me questions. They can ask me questions about God or salvation that I ordinarily would not have thought of. Are we together? They could ask you questions. I don't know if you've ever been with a child and they ask you a question like, who, who is the father of God? <laughs> I don't know if you, you know, they can say, who, who is the father of God? You know, uh, they ask questions like, uh, you know, um, how, how, did you, how, did, how did God have a child? You understand that? They ask some kind of questions. And, you know, um, growing up, I grew up also in church and grew up around church. There are some things that I might take for granted, you know, because I was taught and then I've come to a place where I now believe. But I, as I started pastoring and moving from place to place, I've met people ask questions and they're sincere. They don't understand it. I remember we had a, a little walk going on some time back in the city of London. And that was the first time I was meeting with people that didn't even know the Bible. If you say, open to the book of Ephesians, they don't know what you're talking about. You know, um, I, I met some fellows from like Eastern Europe and all that. And at that time, the church who were responsible for even taking, because some of them were even homeless. So we used to take care of them. We used to do membership school in the park. So they'll ask some kind of questions. They don't even know what it means to be a pastor. Okay? So when we're teaching them, we start from scratch. The Bible. What is the Bible? Are <laughs> you understanding me? So I learned a lot in that experience. That was like um, 2008 or 2009. You know, I learned a lot. I, I got to know that there are people living that don't know the things that we take for granted. And then we might just lump everybody into the same group. And we're talking, we're talking high revelation, high rema, you know, the logos of the word, the rema of the word. The person doesn't even know what the word is. Before you start talking with the logos of it or the rema of it. Are you understanding me? You know, so there are different sets of people in church. As I'm talking, there are some people that this church is their first experience in being part of the church. Alright? So they don't even know what it means to be a child of God. What it means to be born again. And then everybody's just going on, and then what now happens? They start following the crowd. So they are doing what everybody's doing, but they don't know why everybody's doing it. Remember a story I told you some time ago about a fellow that came to church many years ago. Then we're not here. And then I was observing as we were walking into the service. He walked into the service and bent his head and shook it like that and raised it up. So I said, Hey, come. Why did you do that? He said, apologizing. You understand? Sorry. No, I said, why did you do that? He said, he thought he had done something wrong. I wanted to find out why he was doing it. He now said, Pastor, he said in pidgin English, everybody did do You know, that anybody comes to church, they bend their head like this. And then, so he didn't want to be left. So I said, what do you think? They say, he doesn't know, he just is doing it with them. So that, you know, I'm just talking about different pastoral experiences I've had. You know, and then I said, do you know what they are actually doing? They are praying, preparing their hearts to receive in the service. He said, okay, 
So if nobody mentioned it to him, he could be in church for many years and not know why people bend their head when they come to church and raise their head. And so there are so many practices that some of us embark on. And we don't know why people do it. So we also do it. So most of the time what happens is that when we now go out there and we need challenges that our heart does not have the answer to, okay, then our faith becomes shaky. Are we together? You don't even know why you believe. You don't know why you believe what you believe. What scripture said so. Where did you learn that? And then someone will say, oh, this is what to do, this is how to do it. This is not correct. You know? So, and today we have social media. Everybody is talking. You know the thing about social media? It can make a fool look wise. And there are many fools on social media. Many fools. There are more fools on social media than anywhere it has ever been. So, people come up with social media. Anybody can talk on social media. A child that has access to data and, you understand, can just talk on social media. Just come and say, um, definition of government. Government is a government to eat the people, to kill the people. And everybody can just say, it's on. You understand me? Okay? So, the truth is, it is important when we come to church like this, apart from receiving blessings, we are taught, instructed in the way of the Lord. Amen. So you have confidence. You can stand. Because every day, Satan is fighting the faith of the believer. And we must contend for the faith. Amen. We must earnestly contend for the faith. Contend for the faith means that you will stand with what you have believed. Amen. Knowing that what you have believed is the truth of God's word. So there are many people here, some of them I have been in church for a long, for a long, five years, six years, seven, eight years. And then if you ask them certain questions, they don't even know why. You know, they don't even know why. They don't understand. Why, why, why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? Why are you in church? So they say we should come. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so that's why I want to answer some of those questions. Praise God. Alright, so um, since I didn't give you sheets of paper to ask the question. I will start in a particular way and the Spirit of God will help me. Amen. Can we do that today? Can we do that today? Alright. Praise God. Amen. Help me ask your neighbor, can we do that today? Can we? Can we? Can we? Can we? Yes, we can, right? Okay, before I do that, I want to inform you again some of you were not here last Sunday, that our annual program, Faith to Faith Convention, is around the corner. Amen. Faith to Faith Convention is an annual event organized by Renaissance Assembly. One of the core things that God had assigned us to do is to teach and prove the word of God. Hallelujah. And so the annual program is an opportunity, a platform for us to bless our city and others in the body of Christ through what God is doing here. And from time to time we invite um, guest speakers of life faith to come and join us to be a blessing to our city 
and to be a blessing to the rest of the body of Christ. So Faith to Faith Convention has been holding for several years, and the next edition is in the month of September, from, is it an eight-day meeting, Sunday 22nd to Sunday 29th of September. Hallelujah. Now, um, we have morning sessions and evening sessions. Now, when we're preparing for Faith to Faith Convention, we instruct or advise that you take out days from work, hallelujah, so that you can fully participate. Okay? You take out days from work. It is worth it so that you can be fully part of the convention. Um, some people that maybe stay far away from church, we advise that you come and look for an accommodation nearby so you, you don't have to spend so much time in traffic trying to attend the meeting and go back home. Alright, because there are several sessions, morning sessions, evening sessions. In all, we have over 30 sessions. Hallelujah. Now, this year, the Faith Faith Convention will start on a Sunday morning. And um, the guest speakers will be here from the first service. Amen. From the first service. So, uh, from the first Sunday, 22nd. And then the evening of 22nd of September, which is the first Sunday, the first day, day one of the program, we have our music concert, Readings of Renaissance. Amen. And in that concert, we are going to be launching their first album of the Readings of Renaissance. Amen. Alright, so the songs have already been produced. On that day, they're going to be publicly presented and then you can get them, you can download them, you can get them on all the platforms um, that are available. Of course, the program continues on Monday the 23rd through to Sunday the 29th. Now, we always end convention, Sunday the 29th, in this case, with what we call Renaissance Awards. Amen. So, the last evening of the convention is our award night, where we honor, celebrate those that have served in the ministry year amongst us. Amen. Okay, and we celebrate one another. So we ha always have that as an award night. So I want you to prepare yourself for faith to faith convention. Now the question is, um, um, what do I need to do? Before I get to that, all the ministers are ready. Amen. Alright, even up to last night, I was speaking with some of them. Um, I have Reverend Tunde Ayeni. He's coming in from the city of Abuja. He's a senior pastor of Graceville Christian Center in Abuja. You know, um, was it a year ago or so, um, they launched their massive church facility. My wife and I had the privilege of being taken around toward the place. They have awesome facilities, you know. I know that's such a blessing. And um, I believe that there's a grace upon his life that is going to be imparted to us in faith to faith convention. Amen. Reverend Tinde Ayeni is one of the most humorous ministers I've met in my life. Amen. In my life. I'm saying that, that there are very few that will crack you up like, you know, one of you know Jesse Duplantis. You know Jesse Duplantis. Everyone knows Brother Jesse. <laughs> okay, but, you know, Reverend Tinde Ayeni is, 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 <laughs> is another package altogether. So, and um, he's going to be a blessing to us. He has been in ministry for several years, over 25 years. And I know that um, his presence will add a lot of flavor, amen, to this year's Faith to Faith Convention. We also have Reverend Walter Timothy, amen. 
Reverend Walter Timothy is the presiding pastor of the Super Church. They have churches in several cities um, in Nigeria and also in South Africa. He is based in Lagos, and um, I've known Reverend Walter for over 22 years. Amen. And he has been in ministry uh, for as long as I've known him, and even longer than I've known him. Um, he's an awesome, awesome minister of the gospel with death. All right? And um, he's going to be with us in the meeting. He's so excited to be with us. Um, some time ago, he called me and he said, he said to me, a pastor was praying for you um, on this date and this date and this date. You know, I don't know what it was, but I prayed until I had um, a release in my heart. And I looked at my calendar for the dates he talked about and truly he was praying for me. Amen. And we are we're not seen for a while, okay? So he's going to be in this meeting. Glory to God. He's going to be in this meeting. Then Walter Timothy, awesome guy. Um, I used to say, you know, there are people you know that love you. Amen. There's one minister I know that loves me dearly. Hallelujah. Um, years ago, many, he has given many gifts, many um, book gifts. Uh, one of the books I have, I cherish so much, uh, he was the one that gave it to me. You know, and that book has been a blessing to my life. Glory to God. So, um, Reverend Walter will be here, and um, he's excited to come. Hallelujah. In his case, he said, please, just give me any date. I trust your judgment. Any date and time you give to me, I'll take it. And I'll counsel on my own side. Amen. Glory to God. We have also Reverend Oster in Amen. Amen. Uh, Reverend Oster, I call him old school. Amen. He's been there long, long, long. Hallelujah. Many years ago, I think in the AM, late 80s or early 90s, he had pastored in Port Harcourt, uh with another denomination. But he's the set pastor of the Brook Church Calabar. Hallelujah. And the Brook Church Calabar, um, we had once gone with a team of my um, church leaders and uh, ministers for a meeting in, um, the, 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 in that church. You know, and uh, we had a great time. And um, I think we've been there more than once. And also, he had visited us for when we used to have our ministers' conferences and spoken also. Reverend Oster has been an outstanding leader in the body of Christ. He's doing a great work in the city of Calabar. They also have some other churches outside of the city of Calabar. He's a man of excellence. Hallelujah. A man of excellence. And I believe that there is a, a, a grace that will be released upon us in that meeting. Amen. When I was um, concerned about reaching out to Apostle Charles in Defo, you know, Apostle Charles in Defo, um, I've told the story several times, I don't need to go there, you know, Pastor Reverend Oster was one of the people that helped me finally get to meet Apostle Charles. Hallelujah. Alright, so he's going to be in the meeting also. Amen. Then the least, the last but not the least, rather, we have Reverend Bolaji Idowu. Amen. Uh, Reverend Bolaji is the senior pastor of Harvesters International Christian Center. They have, um, I know, 
two churches in Lagos and um, um, an awesome, awesome place. Um, we've been friends for, for some time and um, he has also been in ministry for quite a while. By training, he's an accountant and I don't know why that he is. Maybe he also has a financial anointing upon his life. Amen. As he's talking, money will be entering your account. Amen. <laughs> I mean that literally. Amen. So, um, he's, he's been here one time for one of our um, ministers' conferences, and it was a tremendous blessing, not just to the ministers that came, even to us that hosted him. Glory to God. Um, we were speaking even up to yesterday evening um, about the meeting, um, and he's excited to be part of the meeting. Reverend Bolaji, they're moving to a property they bought for one billion plus. Amen. They bought just last year, they bought the property for one billion plus. Amen. All right, so he's going to be here and he's going to be a blessing to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're ready for faith to faith convention. Are you me? All right. Now, there's something I want you to do. Faith to faith convention requires so much. It requires so much. And um, it takes teamwork for us to achieve anything we want to achieve. Okay, so we want everyone, we want you, I want you to assist in making state-to-state conventions successful. And there are many ways you can participate. Number one, we're going to be fixing prayer meetings. There's nothing we can do without prayer. I want you to participate in the prayer meetings that will be preparing us for state-to-state convention. Hallelujah. So you participate in the prayer meetings. Number two. We're going to have opportunities for you to serve and to be involved. Apart from the regular responsibilities we carry out on Sunday. Every time we have convention, we, because we're expecting guests, we're going to have visitors, we need more hands working. We need more authors. We need more people to assist, you know, in one area or the other. Okay? Security and so on and so forth. Helping with the accommodation plans and so on and so forth. We need that. So I want you to also... Because we're going to have like teams, convention teams. We will have things like uh, uh, a medical team on that day. We have a follow-up team, you know, and all that and all that. So I would like you to make up your mind to be part of any of the convention teams that you can serve in to make convention successful. Hallelujah. Then um, we're going to publicize the meeting, okay? We're going to let the city know that we are having a program, state-to-state convention. You will be involved in the publicity plan. If we're inviting people, if we have a rally, we have a campaign, you will participate. Hallelujah. To make sure that everyone around you, your office, your neighborhood, your friends, your relatives, all of them are aware of state-to-state convention and that they attend. It will be a blessing to them. And then also, I want you to be financially involved with a state-to-state convention. I want you to give your funds for us to have convention costs us millions of naira to host every time we host it. Okay? And then um, one of the major things that costs money for us during convention is that we accommodate people coming from outside for tacos. Our last time, last time we made provision for 200 persons that were coming from outside for tacos to be accommodated. And of course, we're not going to keep them in my one market. Amen. Alright, so we have to have an accommodation that at least is convenient for them to settle down around this area. Okay? 
And so that costs a lot to do. They spend a lot of money on that. And so I'm, I'm going to be appealing to you to be part of the financial support to make the Faith Convention work. Hallelujah. Alright? So make up your mind to sow, to give for the Faith Convention. Alright? No amount is too much. An amount can be too small, but no amount is too much. Amen. Are you with me? Did you hear what I said? No amount is too much, but an amount can be too small. So give for certificate. We have an account number on the projector screen. This is the account you should use if you're giving for faith to faith convention. Alright? So you could transfer money. We need all the millions that could come in, alright, to um, for the faith to faith convention. You could start giving now and keep giving until let me come and announce and say, don't give again. Amen. And so far, we, this is, I think, yes, last Sunday I mentioned it, but this is really the first time we're actually giving the opportunity. So I want you to make up your mind on what you're going to give. Alright? Some of you say, oh, I'm going to give 100,000. Oh, I'm going to give uh, 500,000. I'm going to give a million. Okay, I can't give that, but I can give 50,000. I can give 25,000. Make sure you sow a seed towards faith to faith convention to make it a success. We like to have billboards all over the city. Amen. We like to have our adverts on radio and on television. Okay? And that will cost a lot of money. There are times where we just do adverts, not even for convention programs, we spend a lot of money. Are you understanding me? So, um, someone said that um, um, television, another word for television is expensive. Amen. So, television is expensive, media is expensive. So, we want you to be part of it. Let me ask your neighbor, will you give? Amen. Glory to God. I, I encourage you to do so. So give towards convention. You, now, you could set in your heart that between now and the end of the month, this is what I'm going to give. Alright? And then you prepare, you plan to give big towards face-to-face convention. Is that okay? Alright. So, once again, September 22nd to September 29th, we'll be having face-to-face convention. Hallelujah. That's a good place to clap. Um, I'm going to have a prayer meeting tomorrow, Monday to Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's, um, let me call it a warm-up for, but we're going to start praying for convention. I just want to pray with a group of people. So we'll be here doing that. That's tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then I will announce to you the dates in future. Uh, towards the beginning of the month of September that will be locked for prayer and preparation towards faith-to-faith convention. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've had so many testimonies, you know, uh, of folks that got new cars, amen, divine protection and all that. Amazing testimonies. I'm not just talking about testimonies in GRA here from all over. You know, all over, all over. The testimonies are just pouring in of massive, massive things happening across Renaissance Assembly. And I believe that it's our time. Amen. We have entered into a new dispensation. Amen. Glory to God. Let me get all the announcements out of the way. So we can enter the answer the questions I want to answer. Firstly, um, there's something we did on the free conference call app. Okay, 
um, we had a meeting on Friday, yes, on Friday, where we, I was talking about depression. I was talking about, what was the second thing we were talking about? Yes, what was the third one? Yes, relationships, this depression relationships, and then sexual addiction. We didn't go deeply into sexual addiction, you know, um, breaking out of sexual addiction. So on today, today by 9 p.m., we're going to be on the free conference call app again. Amen. So I believe that we'll be helping you to address the issue of um, sexual, breaking sexual addiction. There are many addictions people can have. Some people have food addiction. Look around, you might see them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Okay. There are, there's several things. But there are some addictions that are not written on the face. It doesn't show on the body. You know, so um, today by 9 p.m., if you can connect on the free conference call app, if you already have the login details, uh, no problem. If you're not on the WhatsApp group of the church and you're a church member, please, after the service, Walk up to resident pastor, Pastor Sandra, and uh, she can help you register, you know, to get on the, uh, on, the, on the WhatsApp group. So, from there, you can get the details on how to be on the free conference call app. And the free conference call app is not for visitors, it's not for any and anybody, it's for the people in the house. Hallelujah. So, I'll be dealing with how to break sexual addiction. And we have a lot of that in our day and in our time. Amen. Okay, so that will happen this evening by 9 p.m. at night. By then, you should be at home. Amen. I believe so, some of you. <laughs> so, you that's when you are going out. Okay, but that, you should be at home. Amen. So, we're trying to make it as late as possible. So, um, after that, you, after you hear that word, you will sleep. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, and that's, that's, that's what we want to see. Then I've talked about the prayer Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll be praying 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here in church. Um, this week, every cell in church is having their cell outreach program. Amen. On Saturday, the 24th of August, by 4 p.m., outreach programs for different or various cells will be holding all across. All right? So, the city. Be with your cell leaders and function with them. Amen. Amen. Okay, before I get into that, this is how I want to do it. Someone asked me a question one time. He said, you said you have had visions of angels and of God. Why did you ask him this, that, 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 that? <laughs> and I said, um, the way some of those things happen, the only question you remember is the one that was serious. Amen. Are we together? And ask anybody that had experiences like that. The question that is remembered is the pressing question. So we always have pressing questions, the main questions. Alright? So it was good I didn't announce before now that we're going to have question and answer. So you now come and say, hey, Pastor, see, I planted yam in the back of my house. Why did you know myself very well? What's my business with your yam? Amen. <laughs> So ask me relevant questions. Okay, so if you are here, you have a question that is bothering you. This is a different service, Abby. It's a different service, Abby. Alright, it's worth it. I need a microphone in the congregation. I'm going to take two questions. Amen. Then from the questions, I will enter what we have for today. Are we together? Are we together? 
Alright. Now, if you have a question you want to ask, alright, it could be about the Word of God, it could be about Renaissance Assembly, but you just see if you ask the question. Now, if you are a pastor or a leader, you can ask me directly, so you don't need to ask it here. But I'm talking to those that this is the opportunity. Amen. You can just ask, Pastor, why are you not taller than this? Amen. I will answer you. I will show you my father's picture. Amen. Alright, so, listen. Um, if you are here, you have that question, please. I would like you to lift your hand. Amen. Okay, you have a question you want to ask. I'd like you to lift your hand. I, you know, I like this kind of thing because uh, you think well before you ask a question. Amen. Uh, you have a question you want to ask. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. I don't know both people here. I'm not seeing any hand though. Let me be sure you have hands. Everybody lift your hand first. Let me see. Are there hands here? Okay, put it down. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's easier now. So now if you want to ask a question, lift your hand. Lift your hand. Anyone? You know how it happens that people will live here and then they say, Hey, give one question I'll be one answer, sorry, but you know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Please ask me ask your neighbor, ask your question now. Ask, ask your question. Now that pastor said you ask your question. Amen. Ask your question. Ask your question. I'm waiting for you. Ushers, please, if someone lifted their hands, please let me know. You have a question you want to ask. You feel you should ask. This is the opportunity. You know, this is the challenge we have. Because some people believe that asking questions is the wrong thing. Amen. It's not the wrong thing to ask questions. Okay? It's right to ask questions. So, especially those of you that might not have the opportunity to meet me after the service. Thank you. I see that hand. One. Going. One more person. And then to be gone. Two. Thank you. All right. Give them a I, I, I don't know them, so I would like to know their names. The lady first. Stand. Introduce yourself and ask a question. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm Grace by name. Grace. Yeah, when I came here, is, my question is specifically about what I saw, the vision. Yes. And it's all about New Testament. So I was kind of confused. If the Old Testament are updated, okay. I just want to know. Thank Ooh, you. thank you. Thank you. Whoa. She said, oh, she said, so New Testament, about the vision of ministry, New Testament, so is the Old Testament outdated? Let me get the second question, so I'll answer them at once. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What's your name? My name is Rejoice. Rejoice. Okay. Rejoice. Okay. Okay. <coughs> so my question is, I have two questions. Yes. One is, um, there's still a controversy between, among the Christians. Yes. Christians that um, some churches do cover the yes. service and others do yes. cover. Yes. So I wanted to clarify that. Okay. First of why is it that we have so many churches now, in, let me say around, around yes. in this uh, first century, yes. but in that we still have so many atrocities going on in the yes. Thank So you. I wanted to talk on these two questions. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. The church is mighty on. The church is mighty on. The gates of hell shall not prevail. The church is. Sing your song now. Yeah, sing close your mouth. The church is mighty on. 
I need to make a Sunday service. Martin, oh, the gates of hell. <laughs> Alright, let me answer the first question. Amen. Um, there are several other leaders here that can answer that question, but since I'm with the microphone, I will answer it. You asked about the New Testament. And I'll try to answer it in a way that will be simple enough for you to understand. Of course, you know that the Bible has two sections. Old Testament section and the New Testament section, the Bible. And the scripture says that everything that happened in the Old Testament is a shadow of what will happen in the New Testament. What it means by shadow is symbolic, is a figure, a type, okay, of what will happen in the New Testament. And this is where I always explain it. Before they built this building. They had a drawing, a plan. Okay? And the plan is to give a picture of what kind of house they want to build. After they finish building, they might not need the plan. Are you understanding me? Because the main thing now has been built. The children of Israel, God used the children of Israel to set a pattern of what he wanted his people to be like. Let me give an example. Look at Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Amen. I think we'll read verse 5 and 6, then we'll go to First Peter 2, verse 9. In Exodus 19, I'll read 5 and 6. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure, listen, a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine. Now this is really with me. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Did you see that? So God wanted a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Okay? Now, what he wanted was not fulfilled by the children of Israel. Alright? So, First Peter 2 verse 9. In 1 Peter 2 9, he now says, those of us that are born again now, we are that people that he was talking about. He says, you are a chosen generation, a royal, are you seeing it? A royal priesthood, the kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. Then he says what? An holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show for the praise of him that has called you out of darkness to his marvelous light. The Bible says that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That means Old Testament and New Testament is given by the inspiration of God. Okay? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, everything is God's word. But now, what applies to you now is what Jesus had done when he died, was buried, and rose again. So when you are reading the book of Exodus or Leviticus, you are reading it in the light of what Jesus has done for you. Alright? In the Old Testament, for your sins to be forgiven, you have to have an animal. Did you come with an animal today? You would have come with one. Are you understanding me? You didn't come with a, 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 a ram, you didn't come with a cow, you didn't come with a goat. Why? Because that ram, that goat, that cow, 
Jesus became that lamb, amen, that was slain. So all the things they were doing in the Old Testament were a type of what Jesus was coming to do. So the reason why you are no more living in the Old Testament, what we mean by not living in the Old Testament, that you are not living according to the Mosaic law, the laws of Moses. There are principles of the word of God that we still live by. Amen. If God is a God of truth in the Old Testament, He's still a God of truth today. If was a holy God in the Old Testament, He's still a holy God today. But now, what has changed is the practice of the covenant. Amen. Okay, the practice of the covenant. In the Old Testament, when they pray, they have to face a direction where the temple is. But today, I will that men pray everywhere. Amen. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Okay? So, it means that when we say we are in the New Testament, it's the new covenant that God has brought us into. We are not in the same covenant that the children of Israel were in. Okay? That's not the covenant we are in. So, it's a new covenant. You could read Hebrews 8 on your own. Just Hebrews 8, the whole chapter, from verse 1 to last. Okay? It will give you a guidance on the fact that we've come to, the Bible called it, a better covenant established on better promises. That means that in, in the realm of the Spirit, the old covenant has come to, it has been fulfilled. Okay? It has been fulfilled. So now a new one has opened. You and I are in the new covenant. So actually, every church is a New Testament church. It's just that some are more conscious of it than others. Okay? Is that clear? Okay. Praise God. Then the question about um, what you asked, the issue of hair covering and no hair covering. Um, Paul was writing throughout First Corinthians. You find most of that in the 10th chapter of First Corinthians into the 11th chapter. He was dealing with things, the practices in the church. He talked about communion, you know, how they were doing it. He talked about um, the attitude or the behavior of women in the church. Now, there are certain things that Paul addressed that were not for every local assembly. Are you hearing me? There are certain things he addressed that refer to a particular group of people. Um, in order not to make a sermon out of that, I'll just explain it this way. Um, maybe I'll take the last verses of that chapter. I'll just show you something there. Praise God. Let's go to First Corinthians 10. Okay, I think um, 11 was the five. Let's look at, it's 11, sorry, 11. Blah, 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 blah. I don't want to read all of it, so I just want to pick out something there. Let's look at verse 16. Are you there? Now, um, he had earlier talked about the woman praying and prophesying with her head covered. He talked about that. It was a mix of tradition and trying to institute God's word. There are certain things here. You know, when people embrace, let me explain you the context of it. When people receive Jesus Christ, 
in the day that he lived in. We, don't, we didn't have women liberty as we have today. Are you understanding as we have now? And so some women that naturally would not even confront their husbands or talk publicly as they embraced freedom in Christ Jesus, getting born again, they became more outspoken. So Paul was addressing that in the Corinthian church. If you read it in context, when we explain that, what was going on, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, I'm not trying to talk down anybody, but please understand me. Women that have not been exposed, okay, maybe they live in a rural area, and then they bring them to a public meeting. I thought, I don't know if you've seen where they bring some market women to meet government officials. Have you seen that? Uh-huh. Then they keep them, the place will be rowdy. Different from professional women or bankers, they bring for an occasion, they'll sit down in one spot a bit. Are you me? So in Paul's day, service could be going on and the women will be discussing. Are you understanding me? Talking at the back there, no, we will not agree. No, yes. So he said, let the woman keep silent in church. Amen. Let them be quiet. If you have a question to ask, ask your husband at home. And then some of them were no more submissive to their husband because of the freedom that the gospel had given to them. So Paul was addressing that. Okay? Now the issue of hair covering, covering your hair or not covering your hair, it is in the Jewish tradition, if you even study the case of um, 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 Judah and his um, daughter-in-law, right? Judah, it was Judah's daughter-in-law? Yeah. Where she covered herself and came. So he didn't know that it was his daughter-in-law. You remember the story? Some of you that are Bible students know what I'm talking about. That means the Jewish people normally cover themselves. Just as you have the people in the Middle East today. They wear something to cover. It's a tradition. Now, but when they started coming to church, some of them were no more covering that. The covering of the hair is to show that you are under authority. Praise God. Are we together? It's a sign to show that you are under authority. And so most of them were no more doing that. So when they come to the church, they don't cover their hair, they don't cover themselves anymore, they were wanted to be free. He said, no, a woman should stay under authority. And that's what he was addressing. Now, but it has become like a doctrine. What's a doctrine? A doctrine is something that you believe that is believed that if it is not practiced, it affects your faith. Are you understanding me? But that's not what it is. It was an instruction. I could say in this church, I say, if you're coming to this church, um, everybody that's entering this church, make sure that you keep your phone outside. It's an instruction. It doesn't apply that anytime you're going to a church, keep your phone outside. I, I don't understand me. If for this church, we can say, everybody that comes to this church, don't come inside with your phone. So we have a box outside there, put your phone in there. Now, it doesn't mean that if you go to another church and you take your phone in, you have sinned. It applies here. Praise God. Alright, so he ended the statement by saying, if any man seems to be contentious, if you don't agree with this, we have no such custom. Amen. Neither do the churches of God. Are you with me? That means he's not saying this is how it should be. He's just giving them an instruction. Amen. Now, and then if you study and find out the teachings of Paul on what it means to be born again, you find that whether the hair was covered or not has nothing to do with the person's eternal salvation, okay? He was dealing with issues, you know, like when they were fighting to eat communion, alright? When the communion comes up, who will rush? The boys will rush, the men will rush communion. Then he said, no, don't do it like that anymore. It doesn't mean that um, 
um, if you eat communion that way they were eating it is now wrong. He was just correcting how the communion should be eaten and changing it. The reason why we eat communion like this today now where you come out and take one small thing and put your mouth and maybe you're even hungry before you came and you go back hungry. In Bible days, the way they were eating the communion is that market square bread will be here. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? We share the thing. You understand? Eat. When we finish, we'll build. You understand that? That's how they were eating the communion. Okay? But Paul was the one that changed it and said, hey, 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 see, eat in the house before you come. Because it is causing problem in church. Are you understanding me? Eat in the house before you come. And then when you come, you, you're already full. Okay? So that was instruction. I'm, I don't hear something. All right, let me just jump to the last question. The last question is, why are there so many churches? Amen. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. Let's read it together. I want to go. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Amen. Did you see that? It's a prophecy that was spoken many years ago that God desires for the whole earth to be filled with the knowledge of His glory. Alright? As the waters cover the sea. is a prophecy. So, uh, proliferation of churches is God's will. Amen. Okay? In the midst of them, there could be the ones that did not send the message. I'm going to talk about that later. But it doesn't change the fact that there are genuine ones. Now, this question reminds me of something my friend asked me. Alright? Um, we, we were friends in secondary school like that. He's a medical doctor now. Then, he said, he smokes Indian name. He smokes weed. So he said to me, uh, the problem I have with all these things is that why there are so many churches? Each church is a real thing. Why shouldn't there just be one church where everybody goes to? So I said, ah, this thing you used to smoke. Why is there no one place everybody goes to smoke it? Are you understanding me? Why are there many places that they go to smoke it? He said it's for distribution purposes. I said you have answered the question. Amen. <laughs> I said you have answered the question. Amen. So through the weed revelation, he got it. Are you understanding me? So I, I submit that weed revelation to you. Amen. So it's for the purpose of reach. Amen. Alright, so there has to be church within your locality that you can be part of physically that helps you identify with the mystical spiritual body of Christ. Hallelujah. Alright, so that's why there are several churches. They said, why are there atrocities around? Okay. The scripture already said that. Okay. That in the end of time, that the love of men will work so. Amen. And sin will abound. It's prophetic already. But the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. So, um, the population of the world is much larger than it was when Jesus lived on the face of the earth. We are, we are about 7 billion, right? They said about 7 billion people, or over 6 billion people on the face of the earth. You know, so, um, our duty is to... The Bible didn't say everybody will be saved. The Bible said everybody will hear the gospel. And when they hear the gospel, they will decide whether they will be saved or not. So as long as there is a Satan in this world, there will be sin. And there are people that will decide to be on that other side to do the wrong thing. But we will decide to follow Jesus and to preach the gospel. Amen. You know that even when Jesus leaves, 
they were sinners around. Jesus himself, God himself was there. Even among his disciples there was a sinner. Ah, I wonder. Are you examining it? Alright, so, you know, it, that's how it is. Glory to God. Alright, I, I, I want to answer a question that you might not have asked. Why should I go to church? Amen. Amen. Tell me ask your neighbor, why, why should I go to church? Amen. Why should I go to church? <laughs> because some people, some people don't know why they should go to church. Why should I go to church? And the reason is that many people don't understand what the church is. That's why they don't know why they should go. First question maybe before we answer that is, what is the church? Hallelujah. What is the church? What is the church? I'm trying not to preach at you. I'm trying to talk. Amen. But sometimes the preacher in me will not allow me to talk. Amen. But I will try. Glory to God. What is the church? When we hear church, what 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 was church? Now Jesus made a statement. Let's look at Matthew chapter sixteen. I'll start from verse sixteen through to eighteen. Let's just look there. Matthew chapter sixteen. Amen. I'm not hearing your glory now. You know, some of you say, what is that they are doing? Glory, what does it mean? There are many things you do, you don't know what it means. Great social student. They say, great, what does it mean? Boza, 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 what does it mean? Aluta, what does it mean? You say it. So say glory, it's not a bad thing. Glory! <laughs> what does it mean? It means glory. Matthew 16, verse 16. Amen. And Simon Peter answered and said, Now Jesus asked the question, Whom do men say that I am? Whom do you say that I am? Then he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Keep going. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now verse 18 is a call, what I want to read. Let's read together, I want to go. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. This is the first place we actually saw Jesus use the word church. Ever say church. Say again church. Glory to God. And Jesus said, I will build. That means at that time he had not built it. Amen. I will build. Then he called it my church. First and foremost, the church is the property of Christ. Amen. Are we together? The church belongs to Christ. Amen. He called it my church. Glory to God. In a, in a very endearing way. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. By that he also meant that the church will be the formidable resistance against the gates of hell on earth. Amen. Are you with me? 
So the church is the resistance against the gates of hell on earth. Glory to God. That means the church is the force. Glory to God. Just by that definition. Now, but he used the language, I will build. That means that it is something that is supposed to be a process. Glory to God. Are we together? He said, I will build. I will build. I will build. First thing I want to establish here is that the church is God's house. Amen. Ever say the church is God's house. Say again, the church is God's house. First Corinthians 3 verse 9. Put it up. First Corinthians 3 verse 9. Put it up. The church is God's house. What do we mean by God's house? Read it with me now. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Okay, maybe ye is not helping you. Put in New King James Version. Put in New King James Version. After that, we'll read First Peter 2 5. We'll put in New King James Version. Let's read together. I want to go. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Amen. Say, I'm God's building. Now, let me explain what the church, when I say the church is God's house, we're not saying this is God's house. You and I are God's house. Amen. God lives in us. Amen. Are we together? He lives in you and lives in me. The day you got born again, you became a part of the temple of God. Hallelujah. God's dwelling place. So if there's a place to find God, it's in the church. Amen. That means that God lives. He doesn't see. God on earth lives in the church. Amen. Are we together? That's where he lives. God's home address on earth is where? Church. Glory to God. First Peter 2 5. In First Peter 2 5, it says, Ye also, can you give me NKJV, please? I was actually raised by NKJV, then King James took me over. Amen. You also, you also, as living stones, there's somebody here that is a living stone, real living stone. Mrs. Living Stone. Amen. You also, as living stones, are built up what? A spiritual house. So, a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? This is God's house. Every sacrifice that will be accepted by God is accepted through this house. Amen. You cannot give a sacrifice to God outside of his house. Amen. Are we together? So, the church is God's house. Glory to God. Say, the church is God's house. Yes, church is God's house. Now, you know, sometimes when we say this, some people don't understand it. Now, do you know that some people say, anywhere two or three are gathered is the church. No, 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 that's not true. Is there anywhere two or three believers are gathered is the church? It's not true. The scripture said, anywhere the two are gathered in his name. Let me explain what in his name means. Under his authority, he asked them to gather. If they gathered on their own, they, they, it's just a gathering. Amen. Because another word for church Church, ecclesia, the Greek word means called out assembly. A people that were called out of the world. They were called out of sin. They were called out of darkness. That's what makes them the church. Hallelujah. Alright? That's what makes them the church. There's a definition I want to give to you and I want you to write it down. The church is a people saved by the power of God. Did you get that? 
a church is a people saved by the power of God to fulfill the purposes of God. Hallelujah. So they are saved by the power of God to fulfill the purposes of God. The church is the people saved by the power of God to fulfill the purposes of God. Follow me. So, that two or three people just decided to gather somewhere doesn't make it church. There's an authority that has to come for it to be church. Hallelujah. It has to be in His name. When the Bible says in His name, it means in His authority. The name of Jesus is an authority, is the authority. Hallelujah. When we say, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, we say, when we invoke that authority that Jesus has given to us, every knee will bow. Amen. That's why a human being cannot just wake up because he knows two scriptures, gather 15 people somewhere, and say he has started a church. If he is not authorized to do that, he, whatever sign body puts outside doesn't make it a church in the realm of the Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Because he's not authorized. The, an individual is authorized by a call from God. Amen. Are you listening to me? The call is the authorization to do that. That means there are people that gather every Sunday or every other day, but it's not a church. Because it's not recognized. They can be doing whatever they want to do. It's at the end we'll find out what it is. Amen. Glory to God. Have you not read in scripture in the, in the book of Revelation, where Jesus said, if you don't repent, I will come and take away your candlestick, your lampstand. Remember that? Then if you are taking away your lampstand, the lampstand is the authority of heaven that makes that place a church. Amen. Are we together? Yeah. So it means that someone can be gathering, the lampstand is not there. Are you understanding me? The lampstand. The lampstand is a heaven's sign or signature or symbol that this place is an authorized place. Glory to God. This gathering is in his name. If not, they are clapping and singing. I can't have the best music and have the best explanation of scripture, but is not authorized. Amen. The next thing is that the church, say the church is God's house. So you agree it's a house. The second thing is that the church is a household. Ephesians 2.19. Amen. Ephesians 2.19. Uh, then maybe we'll look at Galatians 6.10. Amen. Now therefore ye are no more, what? Strangers. But what are you? You are what? Fellow citizens with the saints and of the what? Household. Everybody say household. I remember I said you and me and my household will serve the Lord. Household is family. Amen. The church is God's household. Is God's family on earth now. Amen. Are we together? So anytime we gather is a family of believers. The church is God's family. It's God's family. God's family. And he is responsible for his family. Amen. God the Father is a responsible Father. Glory to God. So the church is God's family. 
Put up first um, Galatians 6 10. 6, 6 10, not 2 10. Are you there? Let's read together. As ye have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are what? Of the household of faith. Amen. So the church is a household, is a family. Amen. It's also called a household of faith. So tell your neighbor, I'm part of the household of faith. Say so again, I'm part of the household of faith. So if someone is answering, not answering beside you, say, are you not part of the household of faith? Amen. You can be part of it after the service. Amen. Glory to God. So the church is a household. The church also is referred to as a city. Amen. Glory to God. You are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. What does it mean when it says a city? It is where God carries out his activities. Amen. His operations. So it's a city. When you got born again, you've come into the city of the living God. The church is called the city of the living God. Hallelujah. Alright? It's the city of the living God. There's a lot going on in the city. Amen. There are many other things I could say. Last one. The church is a nation. Amen. First Peter 2 9. It calls it a holy. Holy means distinct. They are different from Nigeria. They are different from America. It's a nation in Christ. Hallelujah. It's a nation. It means that we have our own rules. Amen. We have our own constitution. Glory to God. Our constitution is the scripture. There are rules that we live by because the church is a nation. And we owe that nation patriotism. Amen. We owe loyalty to that nation. We owe allegiance to that nation. The Bible says, though we are in this world, we are not of this world. Why? Because we belong to a new nation. Amen. The holy nation. Glory to God. Did you get that? The Bible also refers to the church as the mystical body of Christ. Everybody say body of Christ. What do we mean by mystical? There are three explanations. Three descriptions of body of Christ. Let me say body of Christ. Body of Christ. Body of faith. Body of Christ. When we say body of Christ, it means three things. There is the symbolic body of Christ, which we are going to eat now. Amen. The communion is symbolic. It doesn't mean when you are eating it, you are eating the flesh of Jesus. But when you are eating it in the realm of the spirit, you are invoking what the body of Jesus did for you. Amen. So this is the symbolic body of Jesus. There is a personal body of Jesus. If Jesus should show up here now, he has a body. Amen. Then there is the mystical body of Christ, in which all of us as believers are part of. In that sense, he says that Jesus is the head of that body. He uses the illustration of the human body that has many parts. Amen. And all of us are part of that body. Are you with me? So, the church is the body of Christ. Amen. And you and I are members of that body. Glory to God. That means that if I am the leg or I am the hand, I should do my part. Imagine that you wake up in the morning, your leg say, I am not going to church today. Can your head get to church without your leg? Or your brain say, I am not working today, I am off duty. That's how some of you behave sometimes, and you have not understood that. You say, eh, this period, I just don't want to serve the Lord, I just want to be on my own. 
It's not like the brain saying, this period, I don't want to function. It's as good as trying to kill the human body. Is that not so? Say, I'm part of the body of Christ. And I'm an active part of the body of Christ. Amen. So now, why should I go to church? Why should I go to where other believers are? Number one reason. I'm going to give you like 21 reasons. Amen. Amen. Okay, maybe I'll just stop at 14. Amen. Number one reason why I should go to church. Simple. Help me tell anybody. Because he said so. Amen. <laughs> Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Amen. But exhorting one another daily as you see the day approaching Hebrews 10.25. Amen. Number one reason why we go to church is because God said so. Amen. He said so. There's no reason bigger than that one. Because he said so. So ask your neighbor, why are you here? Answer the answer. You answer to. Because he said so. Amen. Glory to God. Because he said so. He said we should gather. That's why you are here. Because he said so. Number two reason why we go to church is to have our children raised in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Without church, your children will not understand what it really means to be saved. What it means to be a Christian. Hallelujah. We go to church for the sake of... God expects us to transmit our faith to the next generation. One of the things God commended Abraham for. He said, I know Abraham that he will raise his children after me. Amen. That's what God said. That means raising your children after... Raising your children to, to, um, 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 in the doctrine of knowledge of the Lord is a commendable thing. If you are here... I want to ask you, the way you are living your life, the way you are practicing your faith, will it discourage your children or to encourage them? Yeah, you answer, no. You cannot be taking your children to church. And then they are excited about church. Then you come home, you abuse everybody in the church, in front of the children. Say, ah, didn't you see that one? You see his big stomach? Did you see this other one? Don't mind them. This, that, that, that. Then they are confused. They are confused. I read the story about Pastor Kenneth E. Higgins, um, sorry, um, Higgins Jr., the son of Kenneth E. Higgins Sr. He said when they were growing up, they didn't know that they were impacted people in church <laughs> because their parents never discussed the failings of the brethren with them and the parents were pastoring when they were growing up. Amen. They said the parents never discussed issues going on in church with them. So, they didn't know that they were imperfectible in church. Because the parents always spoke well of church members. Amen. How are you raising your children? So, the second reason you go to church is to transmit our faith to our children. You are a father. You sit at home on Sunday. You say, um, uh, tell your wife, take the children to church. Your son also will be growing up to reach the age where he can stay at home and, be, and his wife and children will also go to church. Amen. Because that's the example he saw. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. You go to church this Sunday, you know, some parents, they, 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 today they drag their children, they enter 
expand international ministries. The next day they are in AC international ministries. The next day they are in, in Freeze international ministries. Then the next day they are in Renaissance assembly. Then the next day your children will be confused. Amen. Glory to God. They will be confused. Your children will be confused. It is not proper for your children to see you have 10 pastors. Amen. Because they also grow up and have 20 pastors. Amen. Alright, so being in a local assembly is how you transmit your faith to your children. Glory to God. Alright, so that's very important. The third reason why you go to church is to preserve your faith in God. Hallelujah. To preserve your faith in God. The scripture we just read in Hebrews 10, 25 says, Exhorting one another daily. That means we need constant encouragement. There is no believer in Christ that has arrived at a place where he doesn't need encouragement from God to want to do, to serve God. Because every day, sin stares us in the face. Distractions come. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Amen. Are we together? It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. No matter how you clean a house, if you come back the next day, dust will settle again. Amen. You need to clean again. Through coming to church regularly, your faith, in God is preserved. Amen. Glory to God. So I say, well, I'm fine. It's just that I've not been going to church. Hey, you are not fine. I said what? You are not fine. Have you seen some who say, don't worry, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Then they drop. Are you understanding me? You're not fine. You cannot be fine. You cannot be fine. Praise God. Should I give you more reasons? The next reason why you should go to church, permit me to just run it through, is that the church is God's spiritual maturity plan for every believer. Amen. It is God's spiritual maturity plan for every believer. Put up Hebrews 10 24. Let me just say something. In 24, it says, And let us consider one another. To do what? To provoke unto love and to good works. That means, I, I will be the one, I will provoke you to love and to good works. By associating with other believers, if somebody does not offend you, you will not know whether you can work in love or not. Some people say, I don't really want to be involved in church. I don't want anybody to annoy me. If they cannot annoy you, if they don't annoy you, how would you know that you have taken control of your Bad temper. Amen. Come, let me annoy you. Come, let us annoy you. Amen. Amen. Please, come, let us annoy you. Let's frustrate you a little. And then, you will grow. Amen. You will learn. Listen, that's it. Without human friction. Alright? There are certain spiritual things that cannot happen in your life. There are some brethren in church, they will be the reason why you go back and pray. Amen. Yes, you go back and pray. See, Christianity was not designed to be practiced on an island. Did you hear me? Christianity was not designed to be practiced on an island. Christianity was meant to be practiced with others. So, God's written maturity plan. It's church. Hallelujah. How many have I given you? Four. 
Number five. The reason why I need to go to church is to be able to exercise my spiritual gifts. Amen. To exercise my spiritual gifts. To exercise my spiritual gifts. I might not have an opportunity with unbelievers to exercise my spiritual gifts in certain areas. It can only happen among believers. Okay? They say, okay, lead us in prayer. And then you start. Oh, Chineke God. <laughs> you understand that? And I say, ah, eh, yeah, is it? Okay. You know? Have you seen some who pray some kind of prayers? You know, when they pray, you will know that either his grandfather was a native doctor or he himself was a former native doctor. Because he has not learned Father in the name of Jesus. He has not learned that one. He used to call him God's strong name. God of power. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when you are around other believers, there's an opportunity you have to exercise your spiritual gift. What how many have I given you in a five? The next one. I go to church so that I can partner with others for global evangelism. Amen. No individual can reach the world alone. Amen. And the church has a mandate from heaven to reach the world with the gospel. Church is the opportunity God has given you to partner with others to fulfill that great commission. Of global evangelism. Next, I go to church so that I can deploy my resources, amen, into the things of the Spirit. Glory to God. I can deploy my resources. My resources are my finances, my resources are my, my skills, amen. My resources are my talents. I we together, I can deploy them into the things of the Spirit. That's why I go to church. How many have I given you? I go to church also for godly association. Amen. Fellowship. Godly association. Godly association. I live in a world of a lot of, where I have a lot of ungodly association. The Bible says I should not be deceived. That evil communication corrupts good manners. I shouldn't be deceived. So coming to church gives me the opportunity for godly association. I'm able to interact with people of like faith. And I'm reminded of who I am. Glory to God. Is it number eight now or nine? Nine. I... Come to church for spiritual recognition, identity. Everybody say identity. I am identified as a believer because of my association with a group of believers. Hallelujah. I use this illustration a lot. If somebody, identity, it's just identity in brackets, spiritual recognition. If somebody tells you, I'm a footballer. Hello. 
There are some guys here that are footballers. Okay. They say, I'm a footballer. The next you ask is, which team? Is that not true? Which team? Then you say, I'm not in any team. I'm a team by myself. What will you say? Nah, this one is not a footballer. What makes you a footballer is the team you belong to. Amen. Are we together? Say, what team? Then he says, um, I play for Chelsea. Oh. He said, I've not seen you before in Chelsea. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> you know? So, I go to church because that's where I'm identified. That's how my identity is known. That's where I belong. If someone says, I come from Umweleru. You say, which family? Is that not true? Then we say, the Okonkwa family. He said, which of the Okonkwas? He said, Dibia Okonkwa. And I say, oh, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him, I know him. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you seeing? So in the same way, I'm a Christian. The next question, where do you worship? I say, in the cloud church. <laughs> in the realm of the spirit. They know that you are a mystic. Amen. Are we together? How many now? Since now, is it nine? Are you moving forward at all? Glory to God. I'll give you two more. We go to church. The Bible says, double-minded minds are stable in all these ways. We go to church for spiritual focus. Amen. Church gives you focus, spiritual focus. That's why if someone is going to church for a while, they lose spiritual focus. Glory to God. You lose spiritual focus. Have you not seen brothers that you know that were serious in church? Then after a while, you are not seeing them again. And then, ah, you see them, so you say, ah, what's happening? You see that they have lost focus. Because there's something church does to you. By coming regularly, it keeps you spiritually focused. Some of you now, maybe tomorrow morning you will pray. Maybe Tuesday morning you pray. Then Wednesday you forget. Amen. Then when you come again on Thursday, you are reinvigorated. Amen. It keeps you spiritually focused. Spiritual focus. Direction. The next reason, where are we now? 11? Okay, I'll give you 12. The next reason now why you go to church is for prophetic inspiration. Amen. That's where the preached word. There's a difference between the word you studied and the preached word. The preached word comes to you with an anointing of the Spirit, with the power of the Spirit. It comes through a vessel that God has gifted to speak in that direction. You can read the scripture by yourself and understand in a certain way. But when someone comes to prophetic inspiration to speak that same scripture, it comes alive. Amen. So we come to church for prophetic inspiration. In Romans 10, he said, How shall they believe if they have not heard? How shall they hear if a preacher didn't preach to them? Amen. The preacher is the one that God has given prophetic inspiration. Hallelujah. He can be quoting John 3.16, but the way it will land in your heart will be different from if you were reading it. Amen. Are we together? And the final one, 12. 12.
I have two scriptures in mind and think what I should say to you. For spiritual cover. Spiritual cover. Everybody say spiritual cover. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Did I say 12? Sorry, 13. I'll read verse 7 and 17. Hebrews 13, 7 and 17. Hebrews 13, 7. I want to show you something. Let's read together. I want to go. Remember then, which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Hallelujah. So, listen to the language used. Them that have the rule over Who gave them the rule over you? God. Hallelujah. They say, they have spoken unto you what? The word of God. But my focus is verse 17. I'm just using this to start out what I want to say. Now, let's go to verse 17 so you see what we mean by cover. Obey them that have the rule over you. Say it again. Let's read it together. I want to go. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself for they watch for your souls. Pause. For they do what? For they work for your souls. Pause. For they do what? For they work for your souls. Amen. That's where this idea of spiritual cover came from. They work for your souls as they that must give account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. This is New Testament. Amen. They work for your souls. How do they do it? By the grace of God that He has put upon their lives. They work over your souls. The revelations that come are for your protection. Hallelujah. They are for your blessing. There are a lot of believers running around the place that don't have that. I'll end with this story. Kenneth E. Hagin, great man of God, shared a story. I believe it's one of the books, Other Plans, Proposals, and Pursuits, or um, I forgot the other one now, uh, uh, um, Following God's Plan for Your Life, one of the two. Um, yeah, one of the two. You'll find the story there. He said that he started out, God had instructed him to start prayer and healing center. A prayer and healing center. What do they do in prayer center? They pray. They come, they take prayer points, they pray. And they teach people about prayer. Okay, they teach on prayer and they pray. Then the healing center also, they minister to the sick. And then they teach people on how to minister to the sick. That's what they do. So he said, the thing started growing. And people were coming and attending. It's, it's important to follow the instructions of God the way it was given. Amen. And it was growing and people were, people were coming and attending. Then because of the many people that were coming, some of them would come and say, Pastor, um, Father Hagen, I have some questions to ask. You say, okay, let's sit down. Let's sit down and, and talk. Let's, and then you answer the questions and counsel them and all that. After a while, the counseling was increasing. So they created a counseling center, an opportunity for people to be counseled. So when he was praying, God told him, what are you doing? I told you prayer and healing center, you have done prayer, healing and counseling center. He said, no, 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 I didn't intend for a counseling center, but the people need counseling. That's why, he said, but I did not send you to do it. He said, what about the people? What about the people? You know what God answered him? That is their business. They should have pastors. That's what the Lord answered him. He actually had a vision. Alright? That's what Jesus said to him. That they should have 
their pastors. They should go to their pastors. It is only in this generation you have people trying to undermine the role of pastors. Your pastor is your spiritual cover. Amen. I am not the spiritual cover of every believer in Christ Jesus. I am the spiritual cover of those we are brought here. Amen. Understand that. And it will be a blessing to you. That's why you should come to church. Hallelujah. It is through that cover that God has given you that you are connected to what we call <laughs> you know, the Bible talks about the fact that, how does he put it down? And he gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. The gift of men he gave to the body of Christ. That's how you're connected. Amen. Are we together? So it's very important. Help me tell your neighbor, do you know why you should come to church now? Amen. Okay, help me tell your neighbor, what's the one that really you understood very well? Teach somebody, just say someone. The one you understood very well. You understand? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to pray for you now. If you came here sick in your body, there is healing for you. There's someone here, you've been having some eating on your buttocks. Especially when you sit for long and it's like maybe you sweat or there's some kind of um, a long time sitting, then you have this eating. You've been on medication, but it's been that way. The power of God is upon you as I speak. And right now you're being healed in the name of Jesus. You're being cleansed from that infection. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That infection is passing out as I speak. And the eating ceases now. You thought it was about the clothing you were putting on. No. No. You are healed. You are healed. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. There's someone that's been having a ringing in the ear. You've been having a ringing in your ear. It's like there's a sound inside you, inside your ear. As I speak now, open in the name of Jesus. I command that ringing to stop now in Jesus' name. As I'm talking, as I'm talking, clarity is coming. Yes, 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 yes. Receive clarity now in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Healings are taking place. Healings are taking place. Healings are taking place. Healings are taking place. You had a problem swallowing. The power of God is upon you. Place your hand on that part of your throat, you know, where you have pain or difficulty swallowing. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command that pain to leave in Jesus' name. Receive your healing now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. 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 There are about six more cases. Just pray in tongues everywhere. Lepra hata patiske pretiske lemende kretosho predisa talaba lenge prato se predisa lapa ande zopretuske pletia le mahasa prato le ketuse brende ketoso bradiske le mahata pareda hande bredoske pretoso le manto bredie ketos bregadie teleboso 
In your lower abdomen, there's a swelling that's been there for a while. Place your hand there in the name of Jesus. And I command that swelling to cease in the name of Jesus. Dematerialize now in the name of Jesus. I cast it from the roots. Be gone in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. I command that headache to leave in the name of Jesus. Those headaches that come, that come and have been consistent, I command them to leave now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare you whole in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Just pray in tongues everywhere. If you came here sick in your body, I want you to begin to check yourself right now. Begin to check yourself. The healing power of God is moving. I command that stiffness in your neck to be loosened. Turn the neck now. Loose. Loose in the name of Jesus. I command that stiffness to leave your neck now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Le pahata parida ande etrezupa le mente kretoso predikatasa le mahasa pratoso predikatea melete kuraba ande kretusa meletusa pradi ketoba ende bradie le mende kretia salida ande ekretea marakatoba ande bradioske pretoso brigadia le banda brigadia das sones in your gong that soreness in your gum, right now in the name of Jesus, I place my hand by the realm of the Spirit on that gum and I command it to be healed now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lepa ande ekretusa pratia, le me kratia, hande eze, le brando kupaya, le zika, le bradoske kretus kapaya. Jo pratose pledi eketeze, le mahasa pratose bredi, le katuma la branda aze, lida ande bredoso. Le platose, pledisca, platose, bredia. La pa, ande, cretosa, patia. Le manda. Every infirmity in this place. Every sickness in this room. Right now, in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave. I command you to leave. You spirit of infirmity. I adore you in the name of Jesus. Come out of that body in the name of Jesus. Come out of those bones in the name of Jesus. Come out of those lungs in the name of Jesus. Le prahanda, akatea. Le pato, mariba, ande, bradelska, pretia. I command your skin, cleanse. Makopaya, Legatoma, Rapata, Lekea, Lebrados Capatia, Lemende Cretus Capayata, Lecunde Bredos Capaya, Lengadons, Obreditatos, Apratia Catea, Lezopratia Catia Taya. Those, those palpitations, you can't even explain what, what's causing that on your chest. Those palpitations, I command them to cease. I speak peace. I speak calmness to you in the name of Jesus. I speak calmness to you in the name of Jesus. Begin to breathe normally. Begin to breathe normally. Oh, healings are taking place everywhere. Healings are taking place. Healings are taking place. Get on the Healings are taking place. Healings are taking place everywhere. Oh, Katuma, Lekretia, Parada, Lezu, Pradiz, Zata, Ande, Levanda, Ayada, Da 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 da. Le bahande brados ke pratosa labaya. Le geto baros ke pratosa bargadia tali. Rapato. Zopratia kate zede de 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 de. Le bando le bos bargadia tali la ande ekreze katosa. Le mando le bos bargados ke pratosa bargadia tali. Rapato baro 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 bargado bargadia tala gadia tala gadia. Zoprato se le bando. Zekretis kataya da da da. Lobanda brados que plotos brigadia talida ande ekletoso brigadia barobos brigados que plotos alabanda brigados brigadia talide o panda labas brigado brigadia talide gade 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 Emmanuel God is with
yourself. If there's any sign of uh, healing, I'd like the pastors of Barcelona Dominic to be on the queue. If you have any sign of healing, you check yourself. If there's any difference, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Hallelujah. I'd like to know before we close. Amen. Alright? So they're just going to walk on the aisles and find out from you. If there's anyone, if you receive a healing, if there's any difference in your body, please just allow the authors or the people walking on the aisles, let them know. I want to minister to you. Glory to God. Alright, I want to minister to you. The some of you are still to learn from you, so I need to minister to you. If not, you can just walk forward and meet me. As to sing that song. Yes. She came here with eating on her body. Yeah. You know, and she thought that 
she's the one on her bumble. Yes, the word will fall to her. Hallelujah. But that the eating has gone. The eating has gone. Amen. You see the word of knowledge? Amen. Glory to God. Yeah. Come. Glory to God. And you are not feeling well today. What's his testimony? He was having a ringing sensation in his ear, and there was a word for that. A ringing sensation yes, in his ear. And he said, I've gone. He's gone. He's gone. He can hear clearly. He can hear clearly. You remember I was saying, it's getting clearer now. It's getting clearer now. It's getting clearer now. Which of the ears? The both ears. Both ears. Yes. And they are gone. Yes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Celebrate Jesus everywhere. Thank you. More testimonies, Pastor. He came here with a pain on his chest by his side. Yes. When he turns around, he feels the pain. Yes. But the pain has gone. He's been turning, and the pain is no more there. Do you want the pain transferred to you? Glory to God. And it's gone forever in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you. He had a headache. Yes. He came with a headache. Yes, we had a headache, yeah? And it's gone. You, is this your first time? Oh, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is your first time. Yeah, this is my first time. Wow. So how how are you are you are you surprised? Amen. Yeah, I'm surprised. Hold on, allow him talk. What do you say? I'm surprised. Yeah. You are surprised. And he's smiling. Have you have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior? Yes, I've done that. Are you born again? I'm born again. You're born again. Yes, sir. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like to see you again. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Amen. Celebrate Jesus. Amen. She also had a ringing sensation in her ears for months. Month. And it has gone. How, when is a month? How long? Earlier this year. Earlier this year. It's, it's more than three months. Yeah. More than four months. Yes. And today, here and now, is gone. Yes. Shout hallelujah! God bless you. She had a pain yes. on her back. Yes. Even coming to church this morning. But now she's no more feeling the pain. She's gone. No more pain. Ever say no more pain. God bless you. Amen. We're just taking it quickly. I had this pain. Yeah. I got a word for the throat. Yes. You came with it this morning. It's, she used the word vanish. May your own vanish too. The vanishing of sore throat. Yes. I have thought my gum. Oh, your gum! Glory to God! That specific words of knowledge. Since Monday, I've been able to chew with this part of my Yes! So when I was putting my finger and saying the name of Jesus, I'm touching it now. What happened? The pain subsided. The pain subsided. And in the name of Jesus. Wholeness. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What do you do?
Amen. Yes. Okay. Um, I came to church. I didn't take my medications. You didn't take my medication. You didn't take my medication. Okay. So um, I was having pains in my stomach. Yes. And once he ministered, I felt the pains no more. What part of your stomach? He suffered from ulcer, so he was having sharp pain as a result of that. Okay. So you are on medication. Yes, sir. And you didn't take it. Yes, sir. Before coming. Yes, sir. And then you were having the pain. Yes, sir. And now the pains are gone. Yes, sir. Celebrate Jesus. Amen. Um, my knees were pain that I could not walk. You couldn't walk. I could not walk. If I would walk, I would be dragging my leg. If you walk, you'll be dragging your leg. Yes. Um, yes. When you finish that, the pain I can lift my leg up. You can lift it up now. Amen. Lift it anything. Amen. God bless you. I, I think it'll be faster if you are taking nothing. Yes, all over my body. It's in all over his body. In this second, but after the ministration, I have not started up to now. Since after you minister, the eating has stopped. He has he normally usually will scratch every second, but since after then, he has not been able to scratch. Yeah, you know, sometimes those eating are caused by foul spills. All right, so sometimes when the atmosphere of the anointing is strong and we minister, it ceases. Amen. So, um, there are some that are medical, but what I'm saying is most of the time, most of the eatings we call like that are not just natural. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Pastor, she came with um, difficulty in swallowing and yes. house palpitation. Oh, remember that palpitation? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And but she came here with that pain. She came with that yeah. pain. But as we were ministering, she felt the pain get relieved. Amen. Amen. Please, place your hands. Just minister to us. In the name of Jesus. Receive. I seek order to your body organs. I seek calmness to your soul. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. They both came here with severe headaches. But both of them? Yes, now the headaches are gone. Your, your is gone? You are okay. What's your name? Samuel. Samuel. How many times? Samuel. <laughs> Alright, God bless you. Amen. God bless you. It's gone too. 
What part of your head? And it's free. Praise God. Celebrate Jesus. He Praise had God. abdominal swelling. Abdominal swelling. When you spoke concerning it, she felt it in you. Amen. She still has a little of it there. Glory to God. God. She had a pain um, by the side of her jaw and also came with one stomach that gave her abdominal pains also. Okay. So she was uncomfortable sitting at the back all through the service, but while you were ministering, the pains all disappeared. Amen. Just place your right hand on her head. In the name of Jesus, I speak strength to your body. I speak strength to your body. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. In the name of Jesus. And let us say loud, Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. Will you celebrate Jesus? Jesus is alive. And he's well. There's some of you watching a live stream. That the power of God came upon you while we were ministering. You can send your testimonies. We would love to hear them. And I know that what God has started in your life will continue in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you were blessed today? If you were not blessed, wait behind, I will bless you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> With the end, I will see blessing. Amen. Let's receive the offering. But I want to recognize those of you that are coming for the first time. If it is your first time watching with us, I'd like to recognize your presence. Let me see your hand up if it is your first time watching with us. Wow. Please, can you stand on your feet? Let's receive you. Stand on your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. If you're clapping, clap for them very well now. All right. Now, if today's your first time, we are happy to have you now. Miss, thank you for coming. We appreciate your presence deeply. And um, we'd like to have some time with you, you know. And we have something for you today. So there are people standing out in front here. They are standing here to attend to you specially. So if you came with a Bible or your phone or your bag, please pick it up and allow them to take you to a sitting area behind. They have something for you. Okay? Please just go along with them. Thank you. Go along with them. Pick your items and go along with them. Brethren, support, strengthen, encourage. Let's rise to give our offerings.
if you're giving your tithes or your partnership seeds, please indicate on the envelope, especially if you're giving your partnership seed, indicate on the envelope for record purposes. If you're giving your regular offering, you don't need to indicate anything, just put it in an, in an envelope. Now, there are several ways you can give. You can give by doing a transfer to the account details you are seeing on the screen. We also have the POS on ground. If you need the POS, you could just get the attention of any of the authors. They will direct you on how to go about it. If you're writing a check, write to the name of the church, Renaissance Assembly. Okay? Can you pray over your offerings everywhere? Just speak words over your offerings. Pray over your offerings. It's an act of worship. So, pray over them. Pray over your tithes. Pray over your partnership seeds. If you're giving towards convention, pray over it. Father, we honor you today in the name of Jesus. We so Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Take the map and ride it around the world.